Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba, and welcome to episode 29 of the Lions Den, a Gulf Saray podcast done by the community for the community. Today, I'm your host, Emre, in place of Summit yet again. He's off being a dad, painting his nursery, being too cheap to hire someone to do it for him. With the money he saved by not hiring a guy, maybe he should give me a raise, lads. What do you think? That sounds good, man. Yeah. So we have three other guys apart from me today joining us. Yet again, not the full crew. We have our resident coach, John. How you feeling, man? Feeling good, man. I do agree with you. I think a raise is on the horizon for the work you put in. So we're going to have to talk with Samet Baba and uh, see what he can do. You're feeling good because uh, you told us a story on about your youth team. I don't know if you want to tell the audience about it because I know you were pretty upset about it. I did. Oh, about dropping points? Yes. Well, I'll make it quick. I'll make it super quick. It's yeah. the oldest story there is, man. It's just how it goes. We're just right in the title race with my, my U15s. And um, we have three, well, we had three matches left. And mm-hmm. uh, we pretty much needed three points in all of those matches. And oh, <laughs> it sucks, man. We were winning 2-0 and they tied it and we dropped points. Long story short, and I couldn't sleep for two days. So that's how it goes. That's the coach's life. So sounds a lot like Galserai in the previous years. Horrible, man. Oh, man. I'm glad you're doing better now. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I hung in there. I'm, I, I'm over the hill now, so it's all good. <laughs> all right. And we have from Netherlands, our chief historian, Saleh. Well, Saleh has been lacking with the uh, fact of the week lately. Saleh, do you have any facts for us today? Better be good. No shot. I mean, John already called it. No shot. <laughs> no shot, uh, bro. No shot. Damn. Yeah, exactly. I'm recovering from uh, eating a pizza which was too big for me to handle. But, you know, I pulled through. I didn't want to waste some food. And now I feel uh, yeah, pretty shit. But, yeah, no fact for me today. Just trying to uh, stay alive right now. That's shame. Shame. Yes, big shame. Big shame, shame. And I bet if we had the Soundboard Guys Summit here... Um, that iconic quote from John from licking their lips. I bet Summit's doing that right now at home. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, 100%. Uh, Sadie, you're not really a pop culture guy. Do you know where that's from? Yeah, for the listeners, uh, any pop culture related thing, I, I know jack shit. So tell me about it. I have no idea what it is. It's from uh, Game of Thrones. It's a very uh, iconic scene. You had to have seen it somewhere or you've been living under a rock like Patrick Starr. I don't know. Like who hasn't seen it? Now, Game of Thrones actually is something that within my uh, friends, uh, like groups, so to say, is something that like only maybe one person watches. The rest finds it kind of, you know, nerdy and shit. So, um, oh my God. no, okay. I'm not the only one, I guess. If it's Game of Thrones, no, I'm not the only one. I can. But isn't sure. it's not only Game of Thrones where you don't even watch it. You know, you don't watch anything. It's like impossible for me to talk about pop culture with Saleh. I've seen Breaking Bad. I've seen Breaking Bad. That's it. So. Oh my God. Thank God. <laughs> he just reads history textbooks, I think, bro. Yeah. yeah He'll school me. you on anything history, man. He'll go into depth, bro. He's like a teacher. He will teach you from beginning to end. Yeah, I'm a fossil, bro. So yeah, uh, history related, sure. Throw anything at me. I'll probably know the weirdest stuff, but... Like anything new, pop culture-wise, nah, I'm not the guy, man. Uh, like you can, you can teach me anything, and I'll probably believe you. So, <laughs> there's that. But, but enough about me. Now more about my feelings. I feel good, man. I feel really good. We came back again in our previous game against Kasim Pasha. I just want to throw that out. Uh, can't remember a guy side that did that consistently. It's now two games in a row, and uh, just wanted to throw that out there. So. Look at this guy taking. Sorry, let me uh, introduce Mazar before we even go into the game. Yeah, sure, sure. Jesus Christ. Damn, man. All right. Finally, Mazar, it's been a while since we've last seen you. How's everything? Yeah, everything's good, man. It feels good to be back. I haven't been uh, on the pod for a couple of weeks, but 
I'm back. I'm better. I'm here to stay. But yeah, I feel good, man. I feel good. Comeback win always does feel good, like Sally mentioned. And let's hope we can keep sort of going so we don't have a depressing podcast like we did last season. Right. Last season, I don't even want to think about it, man. I do not want to think about it. So I, I know you guys are eager to get into the game and talk about it, as I am myself. But before we do get into that, why don't we have Coach John take us through um, the recent news? It's a juicy one. The juicy one. Hope you guys are ready. All right, let's get into the news. It was deadline day madness for Galatasaray as six players departed the club and five new transfers were signed. Starting with the departures, both Emre Kilic and Thailand Antalya have been sent on a one-year free loan to Ankara Gujur, who will pay 100% of their wages. Omer Bayram's contract was mutually terminated and he joined Eyupspor on a free transfer. Christian Luyendama was sent on a one-year free loan to Antalya Spor. Galatasaray will pay 500,000 euros of his 1.05 million euro wage. Ole John Chaleon was sent on a one-year free loan to Giresunspor, who will pay 100% of his wages. Emre Akwaba was transferred to Adana Demirspor for 500,000 euros with a clause that will pay Galatasaray 50% of Akwaba's next transfer. Now, getting into the juicy transfers. First of which was Mauro Icardi, who finally joins Galatasaray after weeks of rumors and speculation on a one-year loan from PSG. Galatasaray will only pay 750,000 euros of Icardi's salary, while PSG will pay the remaining 6 million euros. 34-year-old Juan Mata also joined Galatasaray from Manchester United on a one-plus-one-year contract. Although this was a free transfer, Galatasaray will be paying 1.9 million euros for the salary of the Spanish midfielder. Danish centre-back Matthias Ross signed a four-year deal with Galatasaray after joining from Danish Super League side Aalborg. The player was purchased for 1.75 million euros and will earn a yearly salary of 400,000 euros. Milo Rashica joins Galatasaray on a one-year loan from Norwich City. There was no loan fee included in the deal and the 26-year-old winger will earn a salary of 1.5 million euros. And finally, Galatasaray made a 6 million euro deal with Rapid Vienna for the highly rated 19-year-old Yusuf Demir. Yusuf signed a four-year contract with Galatasaray worth 650,000 euros per season, increasing by 100,000 euros each year. And so we say goodbye to some and welcome to others. We wish our current players success in their new journeys and good luck to the new players joining the team. All right, so that was the news. What do you guys think? What, what jumps out at you? So here's the thing. For anyone, everyone that's listening, regarding our arrivals, tune into our next episode. We will be going into depth with these transfers. A little late, I know, but we're going to be doing our homeworks again. So I'm going to sign homeworks. Yay. Um, so not everyone was able to attend today. Not everyone did it. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. <Got> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so You're doing a pretty good Maz uh, impersonation over there, by the way, with the coffee. Am I? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Glad that's gone, by the way, Muzzle. <laughs> Thanks, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. So we'll we'll go into a, a bit more in depth, but we'll talk about it. But I want to talk about our departures. Do you guys feel like that we've lost a little too many homegrown players that it might affect us going forward with this uh, 8 plus 3 rule? What do you guys think? I disagree. Um, I think all of the people that we let go were trash. Well, yeah. most of them anyway. Yeah. Um. And as far as homegrown goes, we're going to make new homegrown players all the time. Now we have Emin Baydam, and he got a good amount of minutes last game. Um, there's, who else is there? We have, we have Kazimjan. We have a lot of young players that deserve to get some sort of minutes over, I don't know, over your Thailand's, over your Emir Akbabas, in my opinion anyway. But I don't, I don't think that's an issue at all. No? I'm just thinking maybe if we just uh, have kept a couple more, maybe we could have just played them in the Turkish Cup because these guys, in general, they're not making much. You know, that's that was my thinking. And we gave them away for basically free. We didn't get like any money out of it apart from Emre Akbaba, which is kind of sad. He was also our only sale, no? So it's logical that we had... I mean, it's not logical for us as a club to make money from transfers, but for Emre Akbaba, who was our only sale... The mm-hmm. five hundred thousands with at least something for him, with a clause attached to it as well. I don't know how much that'll be worth. Probably nothing, but I, 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 I get what you're saying. So yeah, I, I think in the you know in the case of Emre Akbaba, I think that you know obviously he wants to be somewhere where he's going to play, and I, I don't think that it's very fun being at home and turning on the TV and you have like 
Juan Mata flying in, Mertens flying in, Sergio Oliveira flying in, Torreira flying in. You're like, you know, well, that's a GG's. Like, there's no shot I'm going to ever step on the field with those guys, right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I, I understand. Obviously, he wants to be somewhere where he can play, where he can compete. You only get so many, so many years as a pro footballer, right? But I don't know. I'm kind of in between what Emre and what Mazar are saying. Like, obviously, Turkish players are, you know, it's a hot commodity, man. Like, you, we, we need Turkish players. But at the same time, like Old John, for example, you know, he sucks. We, like, I'm just going to put it We went into that. a war. We went into a war with Rizespor over him. <laughs> and for what? Just yeah. for him to go on free loan to get us in sport. Yeah. Right? I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. It's like there's no chance he's, he's going to be playing. So we have these players that have all gone on loan, except for Emre Bayram. His contract was terminated, like I said earlier, and Emre mm-hmm. Alpaba was sold. So I don't know. It's not players that I think we're going to miss, but it just feels worrying giving away Turkish players when we need them, even though th- these players are not that, you know, the greatest players. So, right. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with them leaving if there wasn't a foreign rule because I don't know if you guys seen um, that post from Kerem after, you know, it was announced that these guys would all be leaving. It was kind of sentimental. And it's like people were saying he's going to feel a little lonely now. But my, my argument was, yes, they're leaving. We're losing some players. But like, it's better for Kerem and Yunus in the long run because he was like, I just felt like he was hanging out with these guys a little too much. And like, you're not going to get anything out of hanging out with them who are, you know, on the downturn form-wise. Yeah. And now yeah. you have a bunch of new players like Icardi, Mertens, you know, who he can learn from. And you saw yesterday when we had the game, how much he was celebrating, how much Mertens was supporting Kerem. Yeah. That was that, nice that to was, see. That was amazing to see. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. I really do like that. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have anything more to add to that? I think of these transfers, the only one... Um, I'm not as happy about. And it's weird for me to even say this now that I think of it. Let me guess. Luin Dama? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> it's Emre Bayram. Not. You know he's going to... He, obviously, he's, gonna, he's about to fight for Dutch rights. Bro, Emre, don't you ever learn with these Dutch people, man. You know, they That's always they prove do. me wrong. John, they <laughs> always prove me wrong. Yes, normally I would fight for Dutch rights, but uh, no, Emre... Uh, uh, it's a good thing that we've terminated his contract. Uh, he's been, look, he's been a servant, but he's just not on our level. Uh, simple as that. But no, the player I was going to talk about was actually, actually Thailan. I know he's not on our level. I know, I know. But the thing is, look, if you look at the Turkish players we have right now in our squad, right? We have depth of at least another Turkish player for the positions that our Turkish players occupy. I know that's a whole mouthful, but... Like, for example, if Kerem or Yunus get injured, we still have Barış, right? If uh, Abdul Kerem gets injured, we still have Emin Bayram or I believe Metehan, Metehan even played like a game or two in the friendlies. Right. I see what you're uh, saying, yeah. Aynen. For our left back, if it's not Kazımcan and not PVA, maybe Emre Tashdemir somehow. But if Berkan, I know Berkan, right? But he's our only DM right now. That's Turkish. Let's say... Um, Let's say we need a Turkish sub in that area and he's not available. Then, well, Thailand would have been another choice, right? But we just don't have him right now. And why I say that is, yes, he's Turkish. His wages aren't that high. And we have this foreign rule, which forces us to use Turks. That, that, would, that would be my uh, only thing. I know Berkan is yeah. a backup itself, but like an emergency backup, so to say. Thailand would be suitable for that. Well, like I said as well, I can't imagine... Um, you know, Thailand is satisfied with knowing he's not going to be playing with us, right? Uh, like, mm-hmm. although I fully agree, like I'm, I, I, I do agree that it would be useful just to have him. But at the end of the day, he's going to do what's, be- what's best for his career, right? So I'm, I'm sure he wants to be somewhere where he's going to be training, playing, putting in minutes, trying to get better, right? So yeah, it, that that would be nice, but it, it is what it is, man. Of course, the, the 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 thought process I had as well is just from the club's perspective. Obviously, you want to cover all bases, basically. Exactly, and as a player, of course, I would understand as Thailand, who's played regularly throughout these years, except for like the first one, um, will not be happy with being well permanently benched. So he's looking for some play time. That's I'm all sure I had they, to add. I'm sure they thought of this, right? But I think in the at the end of the day, they all just came to a mutual consensus that. Before we put Thailand there as a last 
like measure, they'll put Mitchell there. They'll put anyone there because exactly. Thailand is known to break down easily. And the amount of goals we conceded last year from his mistakes alone is it, just terrifying to think about. So before we they even put Thailand there, I think they'll put Mitchell. Dude, I don't know. They'll put Turks in every other position before they change up that midfield midfield trio. That's also I think true. that will be that I think that will be the most complete set. That's why we made so many transfers there, bro. Like Juan Mata, who thought that Juan Mata would be coming to this club? Not me. No, was certainly surprised to me. Mozart, yeah, did you think was he was going to come? I didn't even know he was on our radar, to be honest. Didn't know he was alive either. Pretty, pretty much, like that's actually very random now that I think about it because what the news was saying was that we were um, negotiating with James Rodriguez to bring him in. And then the news broke that, you know, Galsray are negotiating with a, a player that's better from the Premier League. And we were like, what the hell? So, but, but no one ever said Mata though. Like, you know, yeah. that, so it was so, so, so random when everyone started saying Juan Mata, Galsarayda, like, you know, it was so random. But what do you guys think about that anyways? Like he's 34 and, you know, of course he's not in his prime, but he does bring, you know, a wealth of experience. And, you know, he brings that winning mentality. He's won so many major trophies, pretty much, if not all the major trophies. So what do you guys think about that one? It's interesting. John is a uh, Chelsea fan, so let him take this. He knows no, 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 no. Is John Chelsea? John or Mazar? You mean Mazar, right? <laughs> I mean, sorry, Mazar. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted here. Let's John's not a Chelsea get it twisted fan. here. John believes in super mix, so... Uh... I'm yeah, super, super mix for life. Let's get it right. <laughs> Man lives and breathes Arteta. All right, so Mazar, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I can sit here and talk about Massa's qualities for an hour. I can talk about his vision. I can talk about his runs. Um, but at the end of the day, it's been 10 years since we've seen that from Mata. That's, that's the only issue that I see. It's been such a long time that he's played at that elite level that I'm a bit worried. Honestly, I'm a bit worried. But at the same time, I can't really compare the Premier League to Super League. So I think we just have to see him play. See what his fitness level's like. Um, see if he... Like, he's, he'll still have that class. He will still have the class. But in terms of um, fitness and in terms of if he's going to be able to play a full 90 minutes of football, we just need to have to wait and see. Is Orkan Buruk going to be able to utilize him well? There's, there's just so many factors that go into this. I think he will yeah. be... Worst case scenario, he'll be the best sub in the Super League. But I don't know if he's going to be a starting 11-worthy player. Maybe in time. But not not right away. Yeah, I, I'm. I think that that's you know bang on pretty much. Like I, I think we we all know you know when it, you get to a certain point where the class is permanent, like that that is never a question, right? I, I, everyone knows that he's gonna bring that class, but it's um it's it's exactly what Mazar said. Like, is can he play ninety minutes? Mm-hmm. Uh, we already know his fitness is is you know pretty much nowhere near where it needs to be. Okan Buruk already said it's going to be a few weeks before he's ready to step on the pitch, right? So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions about that. And another thing as well, this is a one plus one year contract and he's earning 1.9 million euros. So, you know, I have to imagine that a player that's being paid almost 2 million euros, um, I, I have to imagine he's going to play, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what the plans are for him, if he's mm-hmm. going to be coming off the bench, if he's going to be starting... And we're pushing Mertens onto the wing. I don't know what the plans are, but I have to imagine he's going to be involved for that price, right? That's really interesting. And I'm really excited to see what he can do, man, and what he can bring. The thing is, we, we've now seen Mertens, right? That, that's, that's the one thing for me. Like, like Mazza said before, class is permanent. It's been a long while since he's actually shown how good he is. Because let's face it, last season he barely played. He played like six, seven games. Year before that, again max 10 games so he's he's not really played like at all for united but again comparing a premier league player to super league player he should do fine the only thing yeah, that i wonder yeah. is we've seen how mertens plays and last year for example he played 35 games or so he, he runs a lot i don't know if mata can also <laughs> hold up that f- mata i heard stamina. cannot run they said exactly so what happened was i i went and looked him up you know various forms and stuff they're like, he'll do everything, but he won't run. They'll not expect him to run. And then there was one point that everyone makes that really does make me happy that we did transfer him, even though his price tag's a little high. Is They say his character is 
insanely good. Everyone loves him. There's yes. not one person that talks bad about him, and he's a good influence. Probably a second yes. to everybody. You can read that about Juan Mata like every day for the rest of your life. Like everybody says only the best things about that in terms of his character. And to be honest with you, I'm not worried about him being able to run or not. Like I don't even expect him to do that. I just expect him to be on the field and dictate the play, you know, know when to speed it up, when know when to slow it down and just be that like central figure for us, you know? I think he'll be amazing in that role. So I don't think he's going to be running his head off, but I think he's going to do a really good job dictating the play, which is of course very important, right? Mm-hmm. Um maybe we can switch to uh I guess the meat and potatoes, as we say, the big boy, Mauro Icardi. Ooh, tell me, Mauro Icardi. Tell me, tell me, tell me. What do you guys think about this? Summit gave me the homework of uh, doing Icardi, and you guys are gonna. I hope you guys like my segment next week. <laughs> um, but I was one of the guys that were definitely, definitely kind of concerned because, like, this is Icardi, man. He's twenty nine years old. He can go to any league yep. right now. He has that name. He has that facet, you know, and then, but he, che- he chose to come to Turkey. I-, I don't know if he's just coming here to, you know, have a long vacation, a one-year vacation, or if Erdan Timur did some magic behind the scenes, you know, as some would say, put his dick on the table. <laughs> and it was just so large that he's like, damn, okay, now I got to accept. Yeah. And GG's. bro, like this is the thing. What I'm seeing right now is the environment that we've created between the play, like the new players and our existing players, like between Mertens, Torreira, Kerem, like, dude, it's, it's like, it's in- good. It's intoxicating, yeah. bro. Like it's, it's like borderline addictive, the environment that they've created. So like after I've seen this, and from what I've seen from Icardi so far with his arrival and like how he's his body language and how he's talking, dude, like I'm I am almost a hundred percent sure he's gonna put the work in, man. Like I think he's gonna take this seriously just because the environment is so intoxicating. It's so positive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys see that too. And I'm just gonna say, if he does take it seriously and he does start working, I can't help but imagine you know any other scenario where he he doesn't score like a ton of goals like you know let's face it he's just dripping in class like you said Emre he can pretty much go to any league probably any team and you know compete for for a spot like it's just crazy how good this guy is and how how good he was so it's just so exciting man I know Mazar was excited and Mazar was hyped about it as well so <laughs> yeah Along with him came uh, Matthias Ross. You know, we all wanted um, a younger investment to this club. And like, we, we were all like saying, oh man, are we going to just go for 30 year olds? This and that, only low knees. But bam, they come in and they bring a new Danish center back, Matthias Ross, four year deal. And he's only earning 400,000 euros. Yeah, that's a good deal. Were you guys happy with that? Were you happy with that, Sally? Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to act like I know all about the Danish league and whatever. But it it does send a message that, just like how you mentioned before, are we only going to go for well-established players like 28-year-olds and older? And the board basically sent a message. And no, we also want to invest in youth. Uh, Not only in this player, also another one, which we'll probably touch on after this. But I I think it's the right move. Look, even if he's not going to play every single game, it's a good place to start, right? Because I get more exposure than, what was it again? Alborg, I believe, where he came from. Yes. Um, there'll be plenty of minutes, and next year, once we once we do reach the European spots, uh, the light will be shone upon him, if he does play, of course. But I like the transfer. I think I think it's relatively risk-free. I don't mind it at all. I think it's good. So It seems like we made this transfer in anticipation yes. of selling uh, Nelson. Nelson, this yes. com- upcoming yep. break. There's the World Cup, right? And so I like that they took the pre-initiative because getting center backs, any any player during the half is like, like a lot more expensive and a lot more harder, right? Mm-hmm. And so we also made another investment that you touched up on earlier. And Yasin loves this guy. He was very hyped when he heard about him. I wish uh, he was Yusuf here. Demir. Yeah, I wish he was here, man. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got him from Rapid Vein. Yes. He's very highly rated. He was at Barcelona. We'll go a little bit more on his background, a little bit, like we said, this next podcast. But got him for 6 
million euros. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, man. Six million. I think that's a steal. Mazar, what do you think? It, like you said, that's an absolute steal. I, when the news broke out that we signed him, I actually couldn't believe it because I was so happy when he first uh, loaned out to Barca and Barca just didn't keep him after they loaned him, I guess. You can call it their financial struggles or whatever. But we took advantage of the situation. We swept him up and now he's a guy today playing until 2026. And what can I say? We saw the way he played last game. Of course, he didn't play a full game or anything, but... Even in those minutes, he showed class. Exactly. He's dribbling, he's passing, he knows where to put the ball before he gets it. Oh man, he's he's just such an such an exciting player and he's just so young. What was he, 19? He's 19. Yeah. I'm, I'm so hyped about him. This is so crazy, man. And like, it's so, it's so interesting how you can tell right away when, you know, a player is special or a player is different. You can tell right away. Like as soon as he came on the pitch, as soon as I saw the way he was moving and like the way he was passing, I was like, oh my God, man, this kid is different. And he's so highly rated like by everybody, by everybody. And it's a tragedy. It is tragic. He is not playing for the Turkish national team. I, I don't know what happened there. People blame uh, Şenol Güneş and I, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there, but that's another big thing about this transfer. Like, it's a shame that he can't play as a Turk because that would, that would solve a lot of our problems because he's so dynamic. You can use him in so many different ways. Şenol Güneş is a Turkish football murderer. I swear. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Should we call him the C-word? I, I think it's a mixture of that and a mixture of the media, so... You know, on top of that, everything you guys said, I agree with y'all 100%. But what struck me as more important than just getting him was the fact that we got him without anyone knowing. Like, not yeah. a single word or peep. Like, I found that, that amazing. And our unit, Tim, you know, Mr. Uh, oily Face, <laughs> honestly, have, my hats are off to him. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it's mostly Adnan Timmer, but... You know, props to the unit team, props to the board, everyone that yeah. got this done. Our scouts have been excellent. Finding these deals in the last couple of years, we've definitely improved upon this. Like, we're finding a lot of deals, like a lot of steals, like Nelson being one of them, right? Finding teams that are in financial struggle and like, yeah, we'll give you $7 million now. You let us have Nelson. You know, we'll give it to you uh, cash yeah. up front, mm-hmm. you know, but he's worth twice that at the time when we got him from uh, Copenhagen, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I, I really think then, you know, I, I think it's safe. To, there's still one more Milod Rashica that we're maybe we can talk just briefly about. But I think it's safe to say that um, this was a success, man. The, this transfer window was a huge success. And I can't remember the last time you can look at a Galatasaray squad, like just ignoring the numbers, ignoring prices, fees, you know, wages, all of that, just ignoring that. I can't remember the last time you can look at a, a Galstadai squad from front to back and literally say, it's very wow, this squad is, like, this squad is star-studded in, like, almost every position. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Aside from maybe one or two positions, the quality is insane. So, you know, in, and, and even in some of our other successful squads, like in the Schneider and Drogba era, like there were still some questionable players on the field, even though those guys, they made it work. This team is just ridiculous, man. It's dripping in class from front to back. It's on Okan Buruk now to see what he can do. It's on, it's on him to succeed because the talent is there. There's no doubt about that. So uh, it's right. exciting times, man. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to protect Okan here. <laughs> Good. I know how you say that it's now on Okan, but look, there's also a skill to managing bigger players and like these better plays as well. It's it's not as easy just because you have like better plays that you're um, going to play good as well because True. dressing room wise and egos and whatever, that, those things also can pop up. That's, that's also a skill in itself. So yes, even though uh, quality wise, unquestionably we've, improved massively over the past few years it's still not like a guarantee obviously that uh it's all gonna work out like in before someone pulls an uh enzonzi or whatever and all chaos brings out then yeah <laughs> we're kind of screwed at that point right so, yeah just, just just throwing it out there you're right not everything will work out but what did work out for kamburuk is his win against custom pasha and so Ooh. i was very happy about that because that's another game that we came back from being down a goal and winning that game. 
With that said, I think it's time to go into it. Um, Coach John, do you want to take us through the game? Yes. <laughs> CC. <laughs> yeah. Let's, four four. let's do it. Let's do it. So this was match day six. We were away to Kasum Pasha. It, this one finished 3-2. Um, <laughs> this was a good game, man. This was fun. I'll, I'll go into the uh, starting lineup, which just had, I think, just a single change. Um, mm-hmm. So And that was in our back line. So we started, again, Sasha Boy right back. We had Victor Nelson, and beside him, Emin Bayram, who stepped in for the suspended Abdul Kerim. Patrick Van Anholt. In the midfield, we had uh, Sergio Oliveira, Lucas Torreira, Mertens, uh, and then Karam, Yunus, and Gomis with another start. Uh, I'll just go. I'll just bang out some quick facts for you guys. So this um, this one finished in terms of ball possession with sixty three percent for us, thirty seven percent for Kasim Pasha. We had twenty two total shots, and expected goals were two point five. Um, yeah, with that said, I guess we can talk about it. I mean, it was such a fun match. And before I, I even say what I thought about it, I have to say that there is noticeable improvement every week. Like every single week, I can see the team coming together. Obviously, it was never easy with the new players and trying to get things right, but I do see an improvement. And if I could just go back again to when I said that, that like mentality and environment that, you know, we created, like everyone's on the same page. It's so addictive and not showing exactly what you just said, Emre, by, you know, where we've come back twice now after being down. Right. And that, that just shows that, that shows a lot about the character of the team and, you know, the belief in the team as well, that we can do, you know, really good things this season. So that's amazing to see. And in terms of the first half, um, I thought that we started well, we started fast again, like the other matches, it was unfortunate. We went down one nil in the 16th minute. And then a few minutes after that, in the 20th, Gomi scored. He was assisted by, uh, Yunus Akun. It was a, a nice goal. Um, and yeah, I, I was happy to see that in the first half. I'll, I'll, I'll introduce the second half in a bit. Talk about the goals. There were some bangers in the second half we'll talk about, but what did you guys think about the first half in general? Um, I want Saleh to take this because I kind of teased him earlier. He really wanted to get <laughs> to, to the game. He just wanted to like screw everything, screw the news. I want to talk about the game. But I, te- I teased him a little bit because, you know, he, he was trying to get out of doing the homeworks and I was the only one to do the homework so far. Exposed. So I was teasing him a little bit, but he's my, he's my guy. He's my guy. All right, all right. So Saleh, what do you think? What do you think about it, bro? Just like how John mentioned before, just in general, we, we start out very positively. We start out well. Um, if I do have to start out negatively, I think Kerem the first 20 minutes, or I should maybe even say first half was uh, not as good. But now that I also think of it, maybe it's because, look, when certain other players don't play well, like, uh, I don't know, Sergio or Yunus or whatever, in my eyes, they don't, it doesn't look as bad because usually when they don't have an impact on the game, they, they go for more safe options, right? But when Kerem has a bad game, you see it like it stares right into you. That right. his take-ons and whatever. He just keeps on taking risks. And first half, that's the only play I would say that didn't really work out. Rest of the team, as a unit, uh, I think we played, again, pretty direct. That's been just a theme with Okamburuk in general. Uh, we played very quickly forward. And unfortunately... Not in line with the events of the game. We conceded, actually, first by Bahoken, a header, uh, from, what I, from what I remember. And what I wonder here is, I don't know if you, I wonder if you guys remember the goal vividly, but yeah, yeah. what did Emin Bayram exactly do there? Did he, it looked to me that his jump or whatever was a bit off, or is it just me? Yeah, like... He he just he just looked like he was out of position. It, it just looked like he. I don't think I don't know if he didn't expect the cross or he wasn't you know goal side to the player properly. But it was really awkward. And then when the ball ended up in the air, he was just caught out. And it was a really easy goal actually. Mm-hmm. So, but 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 keep in mind, I I do think after that goal he switched on. Like I thought he had a pretty good game. Yes. Um. So I don't want to take too much away from him. I'm seeing. His ratings aren't the best. I'm seeing about a 6.9 from the different sources I'm looking at. 
which is fine. Victor Nelson was like a six around the same six point eight, six point seven. Um, but I thought he was good. Like he looked pretty comfortable. He looked pretty calm. Ball distribution was pretty good. So I don't want to take too much away from him, even though he probably probably could have prevented that goal. Um, but I was happy with his performance overall. I think he's a young lad. You know, he's, if he's we want 19. anyone to make mistakes. We want him to make mistakes and learn, not some thirty-four-year-old coming yes. and making those mistakes, right? Exactly. He's 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 got he's got room to grow. I don't want to acknowledge the mistakes he made, even though he mm-hmm. did make a few. But which is fine. It's okay. This this is why we play the youth, so they can make the mistakes and so they can learn from it. But yeah, like John said, that cross came in and was really awkward and it kind of curved in a bit weird. So he was out of position, which. I guess those things come with experience, like a, a more experienced center back. Like Nelson definitely wouldn't have made that mistake, but it's fine. It's okay. Um, it's it's going to happen. It's gonna exactly. Happen. Like the, the only reason I mentioned it is just because it just struck me, right, that his positioning was off. Not that I'm sl- um, downplaying or whatever. He's indeed 19. He has plenty of room to grow. Like compare him to like Abdul Ken was like twice his age almost. Um, that's fine, but we did that, and I think we reacted very well. That That's one thing that, as I mentioned before, that I haven't seen from Galatasaray as often. But within four minutes, we equalized. It was a, it was a fast yeah. play, actually. Quick, uh, quick uh, response. Quick, quick response. response. A lot happened. I think it was Kerem from the left. Um, again, going for something risky, but this time it did work out. So uh, he went across. He passed low to the middle, which... Actually, a lot of things happen at the same time. Like I remember Oliveira taking a shot, um, coming at, uh, landing it at uh, Lucas Torreira, who gave the pre-assist yes. to Yunus Akun, who then, well, gave an assist to Gomis, who was at the right position at the right time, who then tapped it yes. in, and that's how we equalized. And and from that, I don't really think Kasim Pasha really ever grew that much back to the game. We we were comfortable, even though the scoreline may not say it. I think we had a good first half. Yeah, yeah, right. definitely. And I think uh, that pretty much leads us then to the second half. Before you go to the yep. second half, John, sure. let me, let me, you know, the goal that Kerem started, mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm sorry, that Yunus gave to Gomez and we scored. Who started that, that whole position? That was Kerem. That gave the ball, to, but who gave it to Kerem? That was Lucas Torreira. Right. Where did the ball land after Torreira hit it? In Torreira's feet. And who did he distribute it to? To uh to Yunus, mm-hmm. that is the difference this yeah. season. I'm telling you, Torreira is the biggest difference for this team. He's outstanding. And let me give you some statistics, guys. Oh, he's ready. The first half, first half, we had 72 ball possession. They had 28. We had 14 shots, only two on target, and we broke a record for having the most uh, balls in the box. Met 25 balls in the box. It's astounding. 83% pass accuracy. And this this is what actually blew my mind after I saw it. On one-on-one, fight, like fighting for the ball, we had 64% wins. I mean, duels? Okay, yeah, that's duels. Good. I'm sorry, yes. Duels versus custom punches, 36. So we're not a team that breaks down easily. We're It's not like last year. That, that, that midfield last year was like made of paper. <laughs> Ripped in half easily. We You go down with that team, that's it. GG's. The tire flattened, deflates. Yeah, yeah we, had, this team, we had a very no. soft belly button. The, these guys, <laughs> yeah, they don't care. This team is different. They're built differently. Oh, 100%. I totally agree with you. Like, even, well, we look going into the second half, so the game did finish 3-2, and the two goals we did get, one was a cross and one was a corner. We didn't get broken down in the midfield. They didn't open us up and take a clear shot. The shots they did take were long shots that, weren't ever going to get past Musleta. Yeah, they were just desperate attempts. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm like, I'm just astounded at how good our midfield has gotten. Of course, Torreira, um, we have Sergio Oliveira, Mertens as well. His, of course, his passing last game wasn't the best, but it's okay. Cause he picked it up in the, in the defense. He was making runs back. He wasn't that defense. visible last game, mm-hmm. but that's but okay. He, you know, that's okay. He was making a lot of off ball runs. He was, he was helping out in the defense. It's fine. He he picked up slack right. in other areas. I was just gonna say, yeah, and like when I hear people say, "What is Galatasaray playing? What are they doing? They can't attack." Um, these stats say otherwise, pal. All right, if we just had mm-hmm. better finishing, um, that that first half could have ended three one, easily. Yeah, absolutely. 
So that's, the, but the thing, like John said, is we're, we're progressing. This is a progression style, you know, movement with Ocon. He just built a brand new team. And this is how you're going to progress. You're not going to be playing amazing football, bam, straight out of the gates. That's, that's not, not realistic. And we just had five transfers come in last second, right? So everyone just take chill pill and just be a little patient. And I guess before John gets impatient, let's uh, get into the second half. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, there were a couple bangers in this half, I have to say. Um, we came out of the gates fast again, exactly like the first half, looking to score. There was no messing around. We were looking to score. And that actually came pretty early in the second half in the 50th minute. Kedam scored his first goal of the season. That was assisted by Sergio Oliveira. And I thought it was a really nice goal. Um, Sergio played a really nice ball in behind the defense that Kedam ran into. Um, this is where I uh, wanted the wingers to play because that's a, what this goal is exactly what I was saying needs to happen. You have to be able to play. The wingers have to be wide enough where you can play through like that and we can have the speed and the skill of Yunus and Kerem get onto the ball or put them in a 1v1 situation. And Sergio put in just a, a, a really nice ball, man. He, he, he split the back line and one touch finish on the left foot from Kerem and it was 2-1. Like before Kasim Pasha even knew what happened, it's 2-1 and the ball's in the net. So I, that was really nice to see. And also... A little note about that. If you go back and watch it, as soon as he scored, Gomis came running over and like grabbed him like from behind, <laughs> hugging him. Uh, Mertens came running over. Yunus came running over. Like you can tell everyone was really happy for him to finally get on the board and score. And he actually did say at the end of the match that Gomis was always motivating him every week in training. He kept telling him, you're going to score today. You're going to score today. You're going to score today. And he did that. And in addition to doing that, he did something else, and that was a, oh my God. In the, I think it was the 70th minute, just a banger, man. I'm not sure how far out it was. I think it was about 30 yards, I want to say. Top right, just phenomenal, man. And this is what I found very interesting about this. Just, sorry, before I pass it on to you guys, last thing for me. Um, what I found so interesting was, it's pretty much the opposite of the point I just made. I was, I was always complaining in the last few episodes about the wingers being too um, narrow and we have no width. It's hard to attack that way. It doesn't suit Yunus and Kerem. And we scored a goal when we went two up. We scored a goal through Kerem where he was wide. And then we scored this goal where he was pretty much in the middle, middle. of the pitch. <laughs> and it's like, it, it, so, like I'm seeing a, a, a better balance now. It, it's not just like that one thing we're trying to do where everyone's narrow. Like clearly it doesn't work. And I can see Okan Buruk, he knew that. And I'm seeing a better balance now because Kerem received the ball in, right in the middle of the pitch. So I, don't, I, guess, that's, halt, yeah. I guess that's what, that's what Okan Buruk was hoping for. Uh, but he received the ball in the middle of the pitch and he banged it, man. It was, it was, and that makes it 3-1. And it was a beautiful goal. So I'm just happy overall with everything. I give Okan Buruk a good rating in this match as well. I think he got it right. Everything was great. So what do you guys think about Kedem though? Do you think he's back? Is that it? He's back uh, in action or what? You know, if anyone needed these two goals in this team, it was Kedem. Because mm -hmm. he had the weight on his shoulders. And he even said post-game that, you know, he reads what is said online. and he had plenty of criticism that was being thrown on him at him since the beginning of the season you know because being the guy that literally carried us from you know last year until now it's it's people expect more from him but let's remember this kid came from the third league all the way up to Galatasaray you know from zero to 100 just like that and you know we got to give Okan a little bit more praise here who would have came and said that you know Okan did the wrong thing if Okan would have subbed out Kerem beginning of the second half. None of us would have uh, criticized him, right? We'd be like, yeah, good, good change, mm -hmm. coach. But the fact that he stuck to his guts and took the risk of being called out, you know, by the media or whatever, that, oh, why would you keep Kerem on this and that? He let him play and let him score that goal. And now you potentially are keeping Kerem. You're saving that uh, foreign limb because you don't have anybody else to play on the left other than Barish Alper Yimas, but that, I'm not really a big fan of him. But 
kudos to him. Kudos to Kerem. I'm so happy about Kerem. And like you said, this team is coming and gelling together. Like everyone's coming and like celebrating for him. You know, it's as if they score the goal. <laughs> it's amazing. Like you, yeah. you, there's a team dynamic now, right? Like that's, Bro, I love it. I swear, like if you watch it again, even the second goal, he runs, slides, he gets up. Mertens jumps on his back. Uh, Gomez comes running over and grabs him. He starts like shining his shoe. Then Gomez like picks him up and puts him on his shoulder. Like, uh, it's just phenomenal, man. Yeah, it's he just, didn't even have time to do his Harry Potter yeah. celebration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he did, he just did a quick one. Like him and Mertens did a quick one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, it's, it's just I don't know, man. It, it's just so 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 nice to see, man. Like the team is vibing, like straight vibing. So <laughs> hopefully it stays that way, man. Yeah. Um. If I can as well uh, for the second half. So uh, like Mazar mentioned, we conceded on a corner in the 90th minute. But l- let, me, let me ask you guys something, okay? Let me, let me just paint oh, a quick picture comes. for you and then, and then I'll ask you something, right? So this was in the 90th minute, right? And in the 88th minute, we subbed on Leo Dubois and Sasha Boy came off. And if you have a look at this goal... Um, Leo Dubois was marking um, the uh, Sadiq, the player that scored. And, it, you know, when I saw that, I, I said, well, you know, it, it happens. It, it, it is what it is. It wasn't the best defending. He's coming back off injury. It is what it is. But then I said to myself, you know, realization sort of set in that I don't think, I think it's too late for Leo Dubois. Like, what, there's nothing he can do, in my opinion, to to, to start over Sasha Boy. Like, I'm seeing that as an impossibility at this point. Maybe, I think the only thing, the only thing Dubois has over Bowie is his crossing, his final, you know, passing. I think that was one of the reasons why he was brought to this team. But, like, Bowie's phys- like physical form right now is unmatched. Well, he's on crack. He cannot so, stop like, him. He's like on I, crack. I, I don't know I, what he, they, they've been feeding him lately, yeah. but he's on another level. I, I don't know how else to explain him. He he's just on crack, bro. Like he he's doing he does everything. He's defending, passing, making forward runs, crossing. He's even taking players on one v one. Like sometimes when Eunice is uh when Eunice comes inside and Sasha's with the ball out there and he takes players on one it's just crazy. He's on crack, man. He's one of the best players. He's one of the most he's like one we of the have highest two wingers. Players. <laughs> exactly. It's he's so good. That's our system. Do you guys think um that happened because we did get Leo Dubois? He's like, oh shit, I actually have to work for the starting eleven now and lit a fire under his ass. <laughs> yeah, bro. Personally, that's quite I, I think definitely. Yeah. So what I heard was that okay, I don't know how true this is. I think I heard it from a couple of sources. Apparently last year, him and his manager was very, very upset when um I, I believe it was the Marseille game where he was forced to come on straight after injury. Mm, and he got injured again and so his manager and Bowie were very upset and so I think during the camp he didn't come and then he said I'm going to try to find my own team I'm not going to join and so they couldn't find a team I don't know if that was because they couldn't find a team or Gal said they couldn't find a team that was willing to offer them the right amount but what happened was Duba was injured Bowie came and he apologized to Okan Buruk and said listen I want to be a part of this team again and Okan said, all right, fair enough. Come play with us. And after that, you saw his performances leading up to the Trabzon game, right? He was on fire. And so much so that I forgot what team it was. They were offering us 4.5 million euros. And we said, no, take it elsewhere, pal. Yeah. And he's, staying, he's, he's cemented himself right now. He, no one's taking that away from him. I think, I think the only thing that Dubois then can offer, right, as of right now, as of right now, he's not playing right, but... The thing he can offer is experience. I think in like these bigger games that we'll have this season, sometimes the pressure can get to younger players. And to be fair, like Sasha Bowie is still a very young player, right? That's maybe a role that Louis Dubois could fill in. As in bigger games, you usually don't play the same style. You play a bit more reserved as you're both kind of trying not to concede. Um, that's the role I would say that Leo Dubois could fill in the future. But for now, no, he's he's gonna stay on the bench. Like Sasha Bowie has stepped up his game massively. Yeah, he's been he's it's non-negotiable. He can't be 
benched unless he has to. Like someone else mentioned before, was it last week or just in a few minutes ago, but Sacha Bowie is like a second winger. The, the, the way we play forward is by let, allowing him to bomb forward uh, and allow Yunus to tuck in a bit more inside, right? That, that's how we play right now. And I, I'm not sure if Lady Dubois could fill in that role. I, f- I think he's more of a traditional uh, defensive fullback rather than how Bowie plays, which is, well, way more aggressive. He's a no-risk type of guy. That's what I read about mm-hmm. him. Like, he takes almost no risk. And by the way, the two-winger thing, that was me like five minutes ago. Sorry. Yeah, I know. No, it just, <laughs> just struck me. But I think John also mentioned it last week as well. It was John, I think. Too. Yeah? Well, oh, okay. W- yeah, Something well, like well one other thing I mentioned, I, I'm not sure if it was last week or the week before, but, um, you know, I think there's two other things that Leo Dubois can offer. I think he can offer depth, first of all, of course. And I think he can offer mentorship like Sasha boy is a Frenchman as well and I think Sasha boy could learn a lot from a player you know that's played at the level he's played at and he has a lot of experience in different competitions and at the high level so if he's not going to be a first 11 player then at least he can offer those things which are also very important um Mm -hmm. you know especially injury can strike at any time, you know, God yeah. forbid, but yeah. injury can strike at any time. And it, it, like, like, look, it, if Sasha Boy is injured, it's not like we have, you know, it's not like we're putting Omer Bayram there. We have Leo Dubois, right? Exactly. So, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't see him taking over for Sasha Boy, but I think he can offer some really important guidance and depth in the team, which is much needed. Um, so, yeah. Mazar. Mazar, do you like PVA? No. Oh, here it comes. Do you think Dubois can play there? Yes. Yeah? Would you Would you be okay with seeing him, even though he's right-footed? Would you be okay? Yeah, 100%, definitely. I did not like PVA last game. I think his was just bad in every single situation. I think he makes the worst decision almost all the time. I just, I, I don't like him. I, I don't think I ever really liked the way he played. I never rated him. Like, what was that situation? The free kick? In that in that free kick when he took a took a shot <laughs> instead of crossing it in, like I was wait 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 do you I don't know if this is what you're talking about but was it wait wait hold on hold on hold on I don't I don't know if this is what you're talking about but is it is it when he tried I think he tried I don't know if he tried crossing or what the what the fuck he tried doing I think it was a cross oh, no. but then no, he no, put no, it no, in he, the he corner tr- flag yeah no it was this game or the <laughs> previous game we just played he tried to like. From long range, he was on the left side. He tried to kick it really hard, and then yeah. instead, it was so bad it looked yeah. like a cross to Yunus. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that, that's yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it was. Exactly. Is that what you're saying, Muzz? Yeah, it was in the dying yeah. minutes as well, right? It was yeah, like in bro. the last few minutes, like when when. No, no, that was er- no, no, that no, was no. earlier. Then it was the a, there was another stretch. I'll see if I can find the video of it, um, after the pod. I, I remember in the end there was this position where he was in the box. And he gets like a good position and he just like, yeah, like kicks that ball in the <laughs> yeah. space. That's I, what I, I remember. I, I don't, I, I have the video, but it doesn't say what minute it's in. It's actually very embarrassing. Like, NASA should hire way. him, bro. Jesus, they'll save a lot of money on lunches. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, man. Either way, I, I don't rate him as a player. I, yeah. I think he needs to be benched at least for a couple of games. Just put Leo in there. Even though, like Emma said, he's right footed. It doesn't matter. He's played on the left too, apparently. No, they, left uh, there you go. There. How many there you games go. has he played there? Now I'm curious. I'm not sure how many, but he's I've heard that he's played there Guys, before. Honestly, like I I don't even know how it's possible. It's match day six. He's been shit in all six matches. Yep. I don't know how it's possible that Cousin John has not played. Bro. Play Cousin John, and we have a foreign spot that opens. Like, that's so valuable to us. Like, I don't know. It's just so crazy to me, man. It's so, so crazy that he hasn't been given a chance because Van Anholt has done nothing but squander chances for us. Like, legit nothing but that. He uh, he has two assists so far this season, just saying. Yeah, but... Of course, the oh, Dutchman man. will come on, bro. Go and come to his defense. But this is the thing: it, like, if I if I handed you a stat sheet and you were like, "Oh, six matches, the left back has two assists." Wow, that's pretty good. But then on the on the stat sheet, you don't see of course, him making co- test, connecting. Course. Yeah, connecting one of ten crosses or having a perfectly good shot from like twenty yards out 
I'm putting it in the corner flag somehow. Like, I don't even <laughs> think I could do that if I tried, bro. Okay. Yeah. One of his assists, Sale, just to say, it's like a Messi assist where, you know, Danny Alves gives it to Messi and he takes <laughs> the ball <laughs> all the way up and scores by yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's his, that's his second goal right there. He gave it to him in midfield and it's not like he went into the box, put a perfect cross in, bam, you know, it's like, no, he didn't do any of that. Bro. When Samet hears this, he's going to be like pounding his fist, bro, no, look, with like look. Dutch... Like. <laughs> About uh, Van Anel's slander. I don't accept it, obviously, but... Uh, <laughs> no, he's been doing better. Honestly, I feel like Okan put him in a better position. He's not going up as Crash. much. He's staying back. That was the first thing I was going to say. As like, a, like if he's going to do the Bowie role, like hell no, that's not his role. He can't do that like at all, right? He can't attack like that. His final delivery is just not there. But the way we use him now, and that's also why we generally don't concede as much. Like, to be fair, these two goals we conceded weren't, we weren't outplayed. Like, they were both crosses, right? Uh, having, like, free in the back, I think Patrick Van Aald is perfectly fine for doing that. I think, I think he's a fine player. And using Dubois on the left, I just, I just re- uh, quickly looked up his stats, right? How many games he actually played on the left. Out of, like, 200 plus games, he only played 10 on the left. So to take a risk and use him on the left, and he's right-footed as well. I prefer not to do that. Yeah. Kazumjan, the Kazumjan shouts is fine. Like, okay, sure, he can play some too. But wh- why I have to defend Patrick van Aanholt a bit is just, if you look at our past left-backs that we have had over the years, <laughs> he, he has been an upgrade compared to those. Like, honestly, like, would you rather have Emil Bayram on the left or, I don't know, Sirachi? Sirachi was good, but he was, like, not available at yeah, all times. We don't have Emil Bayram anymore, though. That is He's true. Gone. We, we have true. other options. We have Kazran, we have Dubois. I just, I just don't think that we should be constantly persisting with PVA, even though week after week he's been making all these mistakes. And I get that. And, and, and the thing is, yes, it also frustrates me, those shots that he tries. But on the other hand, if one of them goes in... We'll all be happy, of course. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, Alperen van Arnold, I'm not saying he's uh, necessarily, like, one of our more important players. He, he's he's all right, right? But I don't think he's bad, necessarily. I don't think he's our worst player on the field. I'll, I'll agree with you, Sai. Here, I'll agree with you, because I'm looking at the stats right now. Oof. Van Arnold has probably one of the highest passing stats. Like, his accuracy in passing, 89.5, and he... Met with the ball 30, no, he passed 38 times. One of the highest in um in the match. In the game. Mm-hmm. In the match, yes. Yeah. So clearly he's being utilized better and he's providing something because, well, we've attacked nonstop. So if he's not helping distribute the ball, he's not passing correctly. So, you know, it's not going to work, right? We're not going to have as high stats. And so, but yeah, generally, I think we utilize all our players well today. Like even... PVA, I can't say he was bad this game. Um, but there's one player that, maybe two players that we saw today, or yesterday, I'm sorry, that came in afterwards, our new wingers. We saw Milot and Yusuf. So, Maz, what do you think about these two guys? Um, I th- what did you think when they came in? <laughs> Yusuf, of course, I was super excited to see him. And we did talk about him before. Um, you know, in Turkish, they have a saying, Kumashuguzel, like... Just everything about him is just good. He's just class. Milo, I think we need to see a bit more from him. I don't think, personally, I didn't see enough of him to, to make any real uh, comments. He had that uh, one a good shot. shot. Yeah. yeah, he had that one shot, which they should have, it should have, it could have been placed a bit better, but that's fine. Um, but other than that, he only played like, what, five or six minutes. But I think, I think he'll, he'll be a great backup. I don't, I don't think he's getting any minutes off. Uh, but Yusuf on the other hand man it, I just can't believe we got him honestly I just can't believe we got him he's just such a great player he's like I said before he's, he's passing he's, he's just so calm on the ball and he's always looking up he's always looking at other options he, he's, he's got that vision um, he, he's, he's also not afraid to take, take on a few plays to dribble he, he makes space very well he's just just a great player, man. I, I really, I really rate him, and he's gonna do good work at Gala. In a couple of years, he's gonna be a. I'm not gonna say a club legend, but it's definitely gonna be up there. He's made 13 passes, and every single pass connected. Landed, yep. mm-hmm. no mistakes in pass. It connected. 
So, uh, you know, clearly he has some skill. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made it to uh, Barcelona, right? So, like, mm-hmm. this is this like this may look like an expensive transfer, right? Six million, but he's only nineteen. He's playing like this in like fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. right? What do you think? Like, do you think he'll take time over anyone, even though he's a foreign? Will he take time over anyone else? He just arrived. Who you think is more likely uh, for him to take time from? Mm, that's actually a very good question because that's hard. Yeah. That that's hard to say because as far as I know, we use them. I mean, he was everywhere on the field, but he's a winger, right? Like that's his natural yep. role. So whose position would he take then? I, I I would assume on the right then over Yunus's position. I I believe he was a right winger as well. Uh, he also plays midfield too. Apparently, he can play midfield. That's what that's what in, we saw uh, as well. He's role. very just like Hamz Akmar, right? When we saw him in the friendlies, he he's very silky on the ball. Like he has very good technique. He 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 won't lose the ball that easily. But taking over minutes right now, I would say, is kind of hard to judge. We'll have to s- wait and see. He'll definitely play. That's for sure. I mean, we also paid a, a hefty amount. He played for sure, but over who? I would assume like over a Kerem. Yunus. Maybe mm-hmm. Dries, Mertens actually could also be. That's what I was thinking. Maybe, or move Mertens to the left, need, mm-hmm. need be. And it's funny, he took the number 30, you know, in Messi. He's trying to be like for like with <laughs> me, yep, Messi. Uh, the Turkish Messi. <laughs> Turkish Messi. Ankara Messi. Yeah, exactly. Quality player, man. That's all I can Quality. say. Quality. And uh, Galstara is very exciting. I'm really excited for the next upcoming games. We have one game against Konya. They haven't conceded a single goal. We'll be playing against them very soon at home. And then we'll be going into uh, the national break. And so, lads, do we want to put in predictions? And you guys know that I'm not putting in any prediction because I've started a totem. And so far, it's working. <laughs> um, so, all right, let's start with you, Saleh. What do you think? I would say we're going to win. Yes, normally you would expect me to pessimist to say like a nil-nil draw or whatever. No, I think okay. we'll win. We'll play at home. Uh, I also don't think it will, it will be a 1-0 win. It will be like a 2-0 victory. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is, yes, Konya haven't conceded all season long throughout uh, the Super League. They did lose to some team from Liechtenstein during their you know qualification match. Vaduz. Right, Vaduz, exactly. Yeah. And, and the wins they've had so far have also been a bit like us, except for one game. They've, they've all been like one nils. Um, yeah. But at home, I think I think we'll uh, we'll win. Historically, we've we've generally won against them, like pretty much always. Anyway, so I don't expect to see uh, anything else. A two nil win for me. Two nil win, John. Um, Konya and Bashak shared two of the teams that haven't conceded a single goal yet. What do you think will happen this coming game? Yeah, I think um, I agree with Saudi. I think it's going to be uh, 2-0 as well. I think I think there's some fraudulence going on there. I don't think they're that good, Konya, to be honest with you. Um, and if you look at, like, most of their games they win is, like, 1-0. I think they have three or four games where they've won 1-0. So, and I think we're just going to bombard them at home, honestly. So I'll say it's a 2-0 win for us. Another 2-0 win. So, exactly the same thought, except just different words, seems like. but <laughs> Essentially, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Mazar, oh, what do you comes. think is going on here? What do you think? I, I think I agree with John. <laughs> this, is, this is the uh, You agree Kyo. with John who agrees with Saleh. No, no, wait, yeah, wait, exactly. wait, wait, wait. Like let, me, let me talk, let me talk. I got to stretch this one out. I think there's a classic uh, case of fraudulence going on. Just like John said. Yeah, sure, they beat Benet. 1-0, but I, I don't think they, they keep it up against us. I think we will beat them 3-1. I think they are going to get one goal against us, and I think we're just going to answer with three goals right back. Um, historically speaking as well, we beat Konya most of the time. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a hard game for us at all, if I'm being honest. All right. One question I do have is, do you guys think Icardi will start this yes. game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I start think start. or or come in or mm, afterwards. No, I think I think he'll be subbed in. I don't think he'll start. I think I think he I think he will start and I think he should. But I think worst case he might play like the second half or something like that. I think Gomez is way too hot right now to, to bench right now. He's on he's scoring almost every game. Well, yeah, Okan right. Buruk Okan Buruk said that Icardi is almost ready and he said Mata needs yeah. a few weeks to get ready. So Right. I, I don't know what almost ready means. I have a feeling he might come on 
in the second half. Like I think he might come on in maybe like the 70th minute or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's hype as fuck. Man. If we oh can't if we can't open up Konya, we might be yeah. seeing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, we'll what get do you that predict, win. Uh, Emre? No, he said I he can't. Predict me not predicting. Uh, come on, I, I try to lure him out, but yeah. Nah, bro. Oh my God, Sally sabotaging us. That's crazy, bro. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. Just, and we're we're blaming Yasin for being, you know, the, oh the spy. Oh my God, bro. Right. Sally Look has exposed guy. himself. Wait, bro. Wait till Summit hears this. That's actually insane. Can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for the next game. <laughs> all right, all right. This has been episode twenty nine. We'd like to thank everyone. That stood and listened to us till now. Your support means a lot. We'd love it if you'd give us a follow, a like, and even a comment. We'd love to discuss the games with you, your thoughts. If you have any questions, we'd love to answer those too. You can find us at the Lions Den GS on Twitter and Instagram. And so, with that said, have a good one, my Cubs. Bye. Bye. Peace. Bye.